1: An air
0: quality alert, severe weather risks, and dangerous heat, bringing us four WRA weather alert days. How long this haze hangs around, and who could see scattered storms? Plus, when the triple-digit heat index moves in for the holiday weekend.
2: Then we're going in-depth on today's decision to strike down affirmative action. Our conversation with a UNC professor about what this means for students and universities' admissions process moving forward. Plus, we'll explain the revisions made today to North Carolina's new abortion bill.
1: Let's start with this weather. Right now at seven o'clock, we're tracking a lot. Severe weather threats into our holiday weekend. First, a level one risk for severe storms, and then it could feel hot, like 110 degrees. Thanks for joining us, I'm Dan Haggerty.
2: And I'm Ashley Rowe. Take a look at where the storms are right now. They're gonna be heading into our area for your Friday and Saturday. Now, taking a live look at downtown Raleigh from our tall tower camp. Yeah, it's pretty Hazy. hazy skies, right? We're under code orange air quality alert.
1: Meteorologist Mike Mays in the Severe Weather Center with more on All of these threats, Mike, a lot of different stuff getting thrown at us here. Yes,
0: it's a lot to digest, so let's run through it. First, the air quality has really been poor today in the Triangle and across our viewing area. The air quality index right now is at 132. Between Code Yellow and Code Orange, the cutoff is about 101. That's what we were forecast for today, but we've risen well above that. Take a look at the air quality across the state. Many locations in Code Orange. There's some red spots over toward Winston-Salem, Roanoke Rapids, Lake Gaston near the Point Restaurant and points northward to Richmond and also Roanoke. And as we expand the view, it has improved across parts of the Ohio Valley, and there's less purple than yesterday, but this bad air is shifting toward the big cities like Philadelphia and New York, eventually Boston. Air quality there will start to go down tonight and tomorrow. For us, we're still under a code orange tomorrow. And then for Saturday, we're looking at a code yellow for the day then. Now for us tomorrow, we have a level one risk for severe weather. We see the dark shaded green area. It's from roughly about Raleigh, westward toward the triad, damaging winds, heavy rain can't be rolled out. And likewise for the day, on Saturday, but more of the viewing areas in that, including Fayetteville, getting up towards southern Virginia and a level two risk off to the west. And the same threats exist. We're talking about the potential for damaging winds, heavy rainfall, and both days there could be some small hail mixed in. Then we move to Sunday and Monday, where we have WRA weather alert days because of the heat. Our criteria, 105 degrees or above, would constitute a WRAL weather alert day. We have the potential to reach 110 if all the conditions are met. Upper 90s for highs, high humidity, 110 is what it could feel like sunday and monday now first we got to get through the thunderstorms on the way we're going to time those with future cast for tomorrow coming up in less than 15 minutes dan okay we'll talk to you then mm-hmm. thanks mike I'm Willie Danley with the WRL Breaking News Tracker on Pool Road in Nightdale, where as you can see behind me, Nightdale Police have a large chunk of this road shut down due to a serious accident. Take a look at this video that we shot. You can see a blue SUV lodged onto a guardrail and the other vehicle involved being a white Mercedes. Now, Nightdale Police, Nightdale Fire Department, and the State Trooper are out here assessing this accident. I spoke to the State Trooper and he tells me they don't currently know the severity of this accident, but they do know that everyone involved was transported to the hospital. He says they're out here taking measurements and the tow trucks just arrived so that they can get this street open back up. I'm waiting to find out what the conditions are of those people who were transported to the hospital, how many of them they were, and what were the circumstances that led up to this accident. We'll keep you up to date with the information as we find it out. Back to you in studio.
2: Oh, we sure hope everybody's okay. Thanks, Willie. The University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill in the national spotlight today and at the center of a landmark U.S. Supreme Court ruling, the high court striking down affirmative action, saying that race-conscious admission policies at UNC Chapel Hill and Harvard violate the Constitution. New reaction has been pouring in all day. Speaking at the Essence Festival in New Orleans, Vice President Kamala Harris said she felt a deep disappointment in the actions of the high court. It is a complete misnomer to suggest this is about colorblind when in fact it is about being blind to history, being blind to data, being blind to empirical evidence about disparities, being blind to the strength
3: that diversity brings to classrooms,
2: to boardrooms. Harris also called for urgency in making sure that all of our young people have an opportunity to thrive. Now, for some students, they say this ruling does exactly that, gives all students a chance to thrive. But other students feel this will have a huge implication on diversity in college classrooms. Take a listen.
1: I'm ecstatic about this decision. It means that Asian Americans can finally get treated on their merits. It marks the promise of a new beginning a resurgence of the principles of the American dream. So so let's look forward here. What what does this mean for us moving forward? The short answer is we have no idea, but there is a longer answer. So let's go in-depth for just a moment and start at UNC with Professor Andy Hessek.
3: What I do know is that obviously the admissions process is going to radically change,
1: even though the schools are no longer able to sort of seek you know, diversity for diversity's sake, um, they have lots of other questions that I think will lead to diversity. So that's right. The justices, of course, didn't rule out race entirely in the process. For instance, Justice Roberts writing this, nothing in this opinion should be construed as prohibiting universities from considering an applicant's discussion on how race affected his or her life. And an applicant could say, oh, I've experienced discrimination in life, and I've overcome adversity. And that quality of overcoming adversity, or being courageous, or being you know, inspired to work hard, something like that. All of those things are okay to consider. So that means everyone in education right now is reimagining how a university can actively and intentionally be more diverse on campus without the use of affirmative action. President Biden said this earlier today about his plans dealing with the Department of Education. Discrimination still exists in America. Discrimination still exists in America. Discrimination still exists in America. Today's decision does not change that. It's a simple fact. Today, I'm directing the Department of Education to analyze what practices help build a more inclusive and diverse student bodies
0: and what practices hold that back.
1: So they are going to analyze data, data that is complex, of course. There are many factors at play, but it is clear that during the decades of affirmative action, our local schools increased diversity in their student bodies. This is student enrollment from UNC, Duke, and NC State starting in 1980. The data shows that uh, at that time, all three universities were overwhelmingly white. About nine out of every 10 students on campus were white. But by the time this recent lawsuit was filed against UNC in 2014, the shift in the demographics, as you can see up in 2021 even, changed dramatically. That said, you can't attribute that entirely to affirmative action we know this by looking at states that banned affirmative action years ago like california they abandoned the practice back in the nineties in fact there are nine states that have already had bans before this in place and the impacts there have been difficult to assess for instance michigan's ban passed in two thousand six at the time about thirteen percent of the university of michigan's undergrads were minorities Fast forward a decade later, that number did drop to about 10 and a half percent, but then another decade passed and the number bounced back up to being over 13%. The university chalks that recovery up to new outreach programs and other race-neutral methods, but they can't attribute it to affirmative action because it wasn't in place. It's almost impossible at this point to predict what this ruling may do over the long term, though all the experts I called today told me it's most likely gonna involve a lot of lawsuits. Let me know what you think. Email me at dan at Also, in a few minutes, we're going to go back to this topic. We're going to look at this journey we've been on with affirmative action and pay attention to how we got
2: here. Another hot topic. Taking a live look now at the North Carolina Legislative Building. Today, Governor Cooper signed new changes to North Carolina's abortion law. Lawmakers say it fixes issues with the other bill they passed last month, which Cooper vetoed before Republicans overrode him. WRAL's Shelley Jackson explains why he signed the
3: amendments to it today. Essentially, Planned Parenthood had sued over some of the restrictions in SB20. And even though the governor has signed off on some of the changes to the law, he says he still has some issues with it.
1: There are lots of concerns about uh, notice and freedom of speech, First Amendment issues. You're, you're forcing uh, patients to provide information to uh, clinics that would go to Department of Health and Human Services. and have no real control over very intimate personal issues.
3: In May, the governor vetoed the Senate bill that made abortion illegal after 12 weeks in most cases in North Carolina. He says he signed off on revisions to the bill to help women and healthcare providers. In a statement, he said, this bill is important to clarify the rules and provide some certainty. It establishes that abortion pills can be used through 12 weeks, same as a surgical procedure. It also clarifies that providers cannot be prosecuted for fetal homicide when providing lawful abortions. The now revised abortion law is scheduled to take effect this Saturday, July 1st. This afternoon, Planned Parenthood releasing a statement saying, These amendments are little more than putting lipstick on a pig, but they will allow us to provide abortion care to more people within the confines of this unjust and inhumane law. W.R.A.L.'s state government reporter, Will Doran, was in the federal courtroom Wednesday for the hearing over whether this law can take effect.
0: This really throws a wrench into the plans um, as far as this lawsuit is concerned, because both sides agree, both Planned Parenthood and the Republican lawmakers agree that this does fix a lot of the problems that they raised in their lawsuit.
3: And that judge says she will release her ruling by noon tomorrow. Shelley Jackson, W.R.A.L. News, Raleigh.
2: Raleigh police are searching for a man who shot at one of their officers. It all started as a chase in northeast Raleigh. Police say the man they were chasing ditched the car on Tapers Drive and then while he was running away, fired a shot at an officer on Courtney Lane. Now, the officer was not hit. Neighbors tell WRAL, though, they witnessed the chase and even heard gunshots ring out in the area. RPD says the suspect is not a threat to the public. A U.S. attorney has announced more indictments out of Fayetteville and an ongoing crackdown on drugs and violence. 17 people were indicted on federal charges over the last two months. All are in custody. Investigators swept up 16 guns, about 1,500 rounds of ammo, two luxury SUVs and fentanyl pills. The U.S. Attorney's Office also announcing three people from North Carolina have been convicted in an international fentanyl trafficking ring. More arrests are expected in that one.
1: Federal authorities taking a look at this delta plane that made an emergency landing in Charlotte. You remember it came down without that front landing gear. You can see the nose on the runway there. NTSB investigators trying to figure out what went wrong here with this Boeing 717. The flight landed at Charlotte Douglas International Airport yesterday. That nose gear uh, did not come down. No one fortunately was hurt. A preliminary NTSB report we expect that in the next couple of weeks. Passengers did praise the pilot and crew, though, for a smooth landing, despite everything that happened. The last pieces of a decades old plane crash have been removed now from the Blue Ridge Parkway. Maybe you've seen these pictures of that Cessna plane out in that area. Hikers have visited them for years. The fuselage and wings have been there since 1983. The National Park Service didn't have the money, they say, to clear it up uh, until this week. They saved up enough. A contractor airlifted the rest of the wreckage out of that area, and the Park Service says the parts were dangerous for people and the environment.
2: A popular Texas gas station and general store chain could be coming to North Carolina. A location for buc is being looked at for Mebane in Alamance County. 120 fueling stations, more than 600 parking spaces, and a 75,000-square-foot building. All of that is proposed in a site plan the county is looking at. The closest location for most North Carolinians is in Florence, South Carolina. That's where the video you're looking at is from. Orange County leaders actually considered letting a Bucky's come to Eflin in 2019, but the company decided not to because people living there were concerned about it becoming a traffic nightmare. An important warning for parents with babies tonight, a popular product is being recalled for the risk of suffocation and falling. That's coming up. And taking a live look at downtown Raleigh, we are tracking some storms and oh, a whole lot of heat for your holiday weekend. Mike has your full forecast coming up.
1: action is no more after today's Supreme Court ruling, but it's been a long journey to get to this point. So let's take a minute and look at how we got here. It's something that always helps me with a little bit of perspective. And we're going to start a little bit back with JFK. You see, he was the first person to use the term affirmative action in the 1960s to discuss problems with discrimination in the workforce. The idea was vague at the time, but the goal was pretty simple calling on institutions to essentially hire more black people. Paired then with the civil rights movement, the idea really started to take shape. And by the 1970s, major colleges and universities across the country had adopted some form of, aff- of affirmative action, mostly by setting aside spots that were exclusively reserved for minority applicants. But that's when Alan Bakke came along. You see, in the mid-70s, Bakke, a white man, got rejected by UC Davis Med School twice, despite having higher test scores than some of the black students who had spots reserved exclusively for them. Bakke sued, and the Supreme Court agreed with them. They decided two things, one, that racial quotas were unconstitutional and that you couldn't set aside specific spots for a specific race. And two, that despite that first point, diversity is important and race can't be ignored when striving for diversity. Justice Harry Blackman wrote this, quote, in order to get beyond racism, we must first take account of race. There is no other way. So schools started using race as a factor in the name of diversity on campus. Unfortunately, that word diversity is difficult to define. I mean, how do you know if your school is uh, is diverse enough without looking at the numbers? And how do you consider the numbers without risking a quota? It's a gray area that's led to many challenges to affirmative action over the past 60 years. And in that time, we have seen the court lean toward today's ruling. In 2003, in Grutter versus Bollinger, the court upheld affirmative action. And in that majority decision, Justice Sandra Day O'Connor held that while the use of race was acceptable in this case, quote, race-conscious admissions policies must be limited in time and that the court expects that 25 years from now, The use of racial preferences will no longer be necessary to further the interests approved today. And while Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg didn't agree with that timeline of 25 years, she concurred with that judgment and wrote that race-conscious programs, quote, must have a logical endpoint. And it appears that endpoint is today, five years short of O'Connor's prediction, and entirely up to you as whether or not it's logical. Hmm. Ashley, we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on this, of course. People, email me at dan at wrl.com, and we'll keep the conversation going.
2: Dan, you know what I think is so interesting about that? Not only is the word diversity kind of difficult to define, as you were talking about, but also you, we keep hearing the term, you know, admissions based on merit. That word merit... Difficult to define, too, and schools are really going to have to focus on, okay, well, what does that, what does merit look like for us as we try to navigate this new ruling?
1: We're going to see, as time tells.
2: All right. Okay, switching gears now, taking a live look at Carolina Beach, where at least 17 people were rescued from rip currents today alone. Many people are heading to our coast for the July 4th weekend. This really serves as a reminder to keep an eye out for those warnings. Meteorologist Mike Mays, Mike, that's a beautiful shot mm-hmm. from the beach. Sure I uh, can't help but think about the haze though and that air quality alert, the, the code orange that yeah. you've been putting
0: out. Good news is that should improve this weekend. We still have code orange tomorrow, Ashley, but by Saturday and Sunday, it should be back to code yellow. And as Ashley mentioned, at least 17 rip current rescues today at Carolina Beach. We understand there were four rip current risk-related rescues over at Curry Beach uh, farther down the coast. So, yeah, it was uh, Pretty rough day across the coastal areas with a moderate rip current threat. Likewise, up at the Outer Banks. Tomorrow, there should be a repeat of this. So if you're heading down east toward the coast and see the yellow flags, just be very cautious heading into the water and go where there's a lifeguard stand in case something does happen. 86 right now at RDU. Look at the sunset with all the haze, kind of an orange glow there. 62, the dew point out at the airport and temperatures across the region are in the 80s. 87 and Fayetteville after your high of 90 today. 85, Goldsboro, 84 right now in Southern Pines. Our evening planner, it's just going to be hazy that code orange alert ends at midnight tonight but then resumes tomorrow morning for the day on friday if you have health issues breathing issues just limit prolonged exertion outside i think you'll be okay and then again back to code yellow for saturday so the next big issue the big ridge of high pressure the big heat builds in on top of big heat ridges you have thunderstorms that form and they tend to be severe and they're guided by the upper level flow and right now they're being directed down to the south just to our west tomorrow they're directed more into this area likewise for saturday perhaps sunday as well no Notoriously hard to time these. Okay, I've looked at four different models, four separate ones showing different timing of storms for the day tomorrow. Some bring storms in the morning, others bring them in the afternoon, some late at night. So I can't tell you exactly what the timing will be uh, because there's so many different uh, opinions or guidance to look at. This is one selection here showing a dying complex of storms moving on by. Lunchtime, uh, perhaps some showers and storms by 4 o'clock. Still a little activity out there. Another complex moving through the western part of the state. By the time we get to 6 o'clock, a little activity still around. And then this time tomorrow night, still a few showers and storms. Other models, other high-resolution models, don't really have anything moving in until tomorrow evening and tomorrow night, lasting past midnight. So the bottom line is, it's going to be a watch and wait scenario tomorrow for our level one risk. I think it's going to be more focused later in the day. Timing will tell. Hazy and milder and dry overnight. Lows in the upper 60s to about 70 in Fayetteville. And then tomorrow, we're going to be watching for storms. If they happen to be in in the area in the morning we're not going to see 90 for a high. No one's going to complain about that. I don't think seven day forecast busy with WRA weather alert days. The first two for severe weather, the second two for heat index values above 105. A lot going on in our seven day forecast. What you really need to know, the heat is going to be dangerous, especially Sunday, Monday and Tuesday and rain chances as well. So just be safe out there, especially if you're heading to the coast, the water could be dangerous. Good advice. Thanks, Mike. Mm -hmm.
2: NASA is preparing to launch its first ever robotic lunar rover, but first, a test drive. Next to seven, we'll show you how it fared on the rocky terrain. Hey, uh, parents with babies, a yeah. new warning about a dangerous sleeping mat.
1: Important. Five on your side says parents should stop using the gorseettle baby loungers immediately. This. Uh, Consumer Product Safety Commission says the loungers are missing required safety features and labeling and are a suffocation risk and fall hazard for infants. The loungers were sold for about $60 on Amazon. So, yeah.
2: NASA is preparing to launch its first-ever robotic lunar rover. But first test drive. Got
1: to do a test drive. This is the latest prototype, the Viper Lunar Rover, like that name, good name. Uh, The real rover will head to the moon next year on a SpaceX flight. Once it reaches the moon in November of 2024, that that puppy's going to get to work navigating the challenging terrain of the moon's south pole and collect some soil samples and look for water, maybe bump into a little moon alien. Who knows? Who knows nowadays? Your boys would
2: love to play with that.
1: That thing was cool. We got a mini one, I think, (laughs) at the house, Lego version. Uh,
2: Thanks for making WRL your choice for local news. Our
1: next newscast is at 10 o'clock on Fox 50 and 11 on WRAL. As we look at Beaufort, have a gorgeous night. Keep watching WRAL
0: News over the air Channel 34 and Spectrum Channel 1257.